0: This is the Post-Shift Podcast, a raw look at the hospitality industry. Hey, Post-Shifters, this is uh, your host, Sean Sewell. Welcome to the Post-Shift Podcast. Um, this week, I had a very special guest in the in the way of Shoal Davidson. Um, I'm completely and utterly fortunate and grateful that I get to sit down and talk to people who uh, inspire me. I get to ask questions to people who I may have looked up to. Um, I've said this a million times before. I don't care how many times I have to say it again. This may be the first time you listen to my podcast, but... I'm lucky enough to sit down with people who I uh, revere in this industry, and Shoal's definitely one of those. He's behind, along with a whole bunch of other people on his board, Uh, Mind the Bar in Vancouver or on the West Coast here. Um, They've had a ton of success. Uh, I get to sit down with him, talk about mental health in the industry, what sort of led him to it. Um, I've been a big proponent for mental health in this industry since uh, Little Jumbo, and my issues and my struggles with mental health in this industry. So. It was really nice to sit down with a guy who's pretty much the same age, same sort of experience, and sort of bounce our life experiences off each other. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you're a youngster, please listen all the way to the end. It's a long podcast, don't get me wrong. But if you're young and you're feeling like you're alone, you're not alone. There are people out there that can help you. So please listen. Um, At the end, there's a little post edit uh, for next week. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. um, And thank you very much for the support. Bye. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. I usually start off with that. And then, so I never, I never write down questions. I do a little bit of research and then right. I just let, I really, it's, I love just having conversations with people and nine times the ten of people I've never met before,
1: like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, as we were, as I was walking over here, I wanted, I was about to say, I was in my head, I, w- I was thinking, Oh, good to see him again. I was like,
0: I don't think we've ever met. Well, we're Facebook friends.
1: Right. Well then right. it's official. <laughs> it's official. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dating. Yeah. Wait till you go to tails
0: or something like that. That's the <laughs> worst place for Facebook. Or like, it just populates? Well, you're just walking through, like, and you can see people like, I know you. Right. I've never met you, but I know you. Yeah. We've talked on Facebook, or we've commented on our pictures. I'm like, I know you. <laughs> and you walk through the once we like this, like ships in the night, and then you just yeah. like, disappear again. <laughs> and eventually, after a couple of drinks, it's like, hey, I just want to come over and meet. Like, the first yeah. time I met um, Zach. Is that... It's, it's Haley. Fucking Victoria. Uh, um, first time like I met BC. Zach... Zach Doyle, the big guy yeah. from Toronto, yeah, Toronto. Um, first time I met him, I'm like, wait a second, you're as big as me. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, this is the first time we've met, I've only even seen you on Facebook. So really? like, like, and he comes up and hugs me, I'm like, holy shit, you're 6'2", and like my size. Mm. <laughs> but let's go, let's introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> uh, my name is Shoal Davidson, uh, I am the founder and president of the Mind the Bar Foundation. Uh, I guess I also own uh, Gringo and Dixie's Barbecue. That's the one. Those are the ones that pay the bills. Yep. Mind the bar is the passion project, and it has been a, a very
0: successful passion project. How long has it been going for now? Like, when was the?
1: So we we would be officially registered under the BC Societies Act. Um, I want to say it's September seventh, two thousand eighteen. If I'm not mistaken, oh, wow. somewhere in there. And I probably. So you're only know.
0: like six months old.
1: Yeah. Uh, and when
0: you say BC Societies Act, like you're official, official.
1: We are official. We are oh, an wow. official, uh, uh, official nonprofit. Uh, I think that, that is one of the the factors that really helped us edge out the win down in Mexico mm-hmm. with the Tona competition. Well, because
0: usually a lot of these things get set up as a nice fundraiser and you write checks and stuff like that, but it's never like an official, official non-profit organization.
1: Our, our industry is notorious for having the best of intentions, but mm-hmm. sometimes when it comes to actually organizing the best ideas that we have at two in the morning, mm-hmm. the the follow-through is... is uh, not always so much. Uh, we, it, I mean, it was it was lengthy in progress. Uh, I guess it would have, um, think of, it would have started. I guess with my Facebook post uh, mm-hmm. uh, for Bell. Let's talk. Uh, so that would have been January thirtieth, two thousand eighteen. Uh, that got a lot of response that I was not expecting. That created a lot of conversation, and those conversations quickly led to some of the ideas that I had about what we might be able to do about mental health within the hospitality industry. Um and then I, I mean a lot of credit goes to the people i 've surrounded myself with the, the current board of directors, and a lot of people that intend on coming on to be members, people that have been helping from the from the side from the shadows uh, but to be like we are now officially registered so we that 's something where uh, already we 're experiencing uh, a learning curve is that a lot of people are don't understand what it takes. Uh, to operate uh, a nonprofit, or it's I like the, I love the fact it's, that it's, it's hailing right now. It's
0: snow hailing. It's hailing it's in March. Sunny.
1: Yeah. Oh, BC.
0: Oh, oh my
1: god. This is where our tax dollars go. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: um, what? Like, fill in the the people who are listening. What was the um, the post that you did
1: about with the belt? talk. Um, I mean. Uh, I think it shared publicly. It wouldn't, and anyone would be able to go onto my Facebook account and find it. It, it, was, it was something to the effect of, uh, in, in the year previous, I had uh, it just encountered um, a real low point uh, mm-hmm. with my own mental health. I, I've suffered with with uh, depression and suicide my most of my life since my adolescence. Um, and then it's kind of been an up, uphill, downhill mm-hmm. battle. Anyone that's struggled with mental health illness knows that there's good days and bad days, and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it. Unfortunately, 2017, there was a culmination of personal and professional th- stressors that just pushed me to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Again, I know a lot of us have experienced that. Um, and I found myself in a position where I just, I wasn't okay. I, I actually got to the point where I... I There was a voice in my head that was strongly urging me to take my own life. And that was a a very scary point because I didn't want to. I really love the life that I have and the people I have in it. Um, So I recognized that I wasn't okay and that I needed help. Um, And then the... uh, Part of that process was reaching out to my business partner who's also the vice president of the foundation christina cartel um, and basically told her that i wasn't okay and then the the process of trying to find help became a very difficult one uh, for me. fortunately i like in our industry we are incredibly familiar there's an incredible support network there's an incredible support network within our industry um, But in that process, I also had found that I had to remove myself from the industry because uh, one thing we are notorious about in this industry is that if someone comes and sits down at your bar and it's like, oh, you know, I'm not doing so well, the first kind of impulse we have is to give them a drink, to give them a shot, you know, cover their bill, that kind of stuff, like basically drink their problems away, which is exactly the... Opposite way in which we should be going. Yeah. And I'm guilty. I, w- I had been guilty of, of providing mm-hmm. that. And I also had experienced that on uh, a number of instances where I kind of went in and, like, oh, you know, I'm really depressed. And mm-hmm. someone was like, oh, here's a drink. It's like, it's, I kind of just need to yeah, talk to okay. someone. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the, the hardest but most important thing for me was removing myself from the industry, which was very difficult because that's the family that I've grown mm-hmm. over the last 20 years. Um, I was able to find the help. I was able to get myself to a much stronger and better place. But in that journey, I, I, I kind of went through a number of experiences, uh, recognizing the the pitfalls and, and incredible lacking both, uh, within the mental health field, uh, within, within BC and and I would suspect Canada at large Mm -hmm. and also, uh, the difficulties that, uh, we as a, Hospitality industry mm-hmm. struggle with because we 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 don't exist under the regular nine to five. I think also a lot of us, but I think definitely much more the some of the older
0: guys as well, older vets. Um, we get in the industry because we're at the core of us. We're people pleasers, right? And I always and I this is where I've always struggled is like when I finish up a shift, I'm usually mentally exhausted because I, like it's like a baseball game. Right. You know, you leave it out on the pitch. Yeah. Like you just, you play your heart out. When you finish your shift, you're just like mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, because that's what your job is: is you're there to please people, and entertain people, and make people.
1: Well, something that I'd said early, early on when Mind the Bard started to form, is that it, one of the the platforms was it was time for us as a, as an industry to start taking care of ourselves as well mm-hmm. as we take care of our guests. Because yeah. as you say, like we just we are there. we, we, we we give ourselves entirely mm-hmm. to to our guests and and staff and, and ownership and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then by the end of it, you're just you've given so much of yourself away. There's really nothing left for yourself. you. Yeah. And and unlike a nine to fiver where you can kind of wind down, like we're winding down anywhere between midnight yeah. to five a.m. Yeah. Like people are just like, oh, just go home. It's like you can't go just home. Go your home. <laughs> your brain is spinning a thousand yeah. miles a minute. Whether you're front of house or back of yeah. house, like you've been getting yelled at you're like did i forget the water on yeah. this did i forget the drink on that like what was their sides all that's things and like your brain is just spinning out of control so
0: yeah and i think uh for me i've always i i've been vocal about my my mental health issues and they it sort of rooted out of um my uh my thing with little jumbo back right. in 2014 like when that happened like I, and my wife has always been very open. She's always gone to therapy, and she's been medicate on medication for her anxiety and stuff like that. But like coming from Australia, mid mid thirties, like I would I would say toxic masculinity to a certain degree. Yeah. Like I'm like I finished up at Little Jumbo, and I got some serious PTSD. Like three month non compete, like three months right. <laughs> severance. Like every single week was like, "Hey, you got to pay me my severance." And they're like, "Oh no, you did this," and lawyers and all that sort right. of stuff. So. Um, it took me a really long time to go see someone about it. And then I went on medication but it was like sort of forced on me right. to go on it and then I try to go cold turkey a year later. But now I'm sort of comfortable and I've talked to a few people now about their anxiety and depression and that so of thing. I was like, dude, just go see a doctor. Like medication like don't go wrong, like over medication is bad. Yeah. If you can control your stuff. Like I'm a, I medicate myself every night, but it makes me my days so much better. Right. And I talked It my me and the wife my wife have a much Water, transparency, relationship now. Yeah. So, um, and it's hard to talk because I think there is a certain level of talk like masculinity machismo. Oh, especially when I think I think especially males in the industry.
1: When, definitely, and yeah. especially also when it comes to to medication, like yeah. the idea of like like you have to take medication for your anxiety yeah. or your depression. Like what? Do you, like the most common thing is like, what are you crazy? Yeah. Or like it's like, well, though I, I I I'm I'm not. I'm not taking any medication but I've certainly explored it, mm-hmm. uh, I've explored it with my, my psychologist and we've kind of weighed the checks and balances and, and it's not for everybody, some people, I, I know some people and I have yeah. the utmost admiration for them that need antidepressants yeah. or they, they just they cannot function and yeah. it's the synapses in your brain like... My yeah. wife's been on medication since she was 12. Right
0: so it's the same thing chemical makeup and that sort of thing but like for me it was like it was definitely something but then I think I was at um, Cafe Mexico was just about to open and I was like feeling those stresses again I'm almost like okay you know what I'm going to go see the doctor you know what I need a little bit I was waking up with panic attacks in the right. middle of the night and it's just taking the edge off and uh, I find it hard to talk to people because I like there's an industry not industry stigma but like I, th- I always feel like we wear two faces yeah we have our industry at work awesome face and then we have our actual real at home with the, fa- with the family face. And so when I talk about it, people like, no, you're not, you're an arrogant, obnoxious douche behind the bar. <laughs> I'm like, eh. when I'm at home, I'm a, a bag of nerves because I'm like, oh, did I not keep that person happy? Or I read a review that mentioned me in particular and it just, <laughs> it throws you off. And so for me, I control it in that way um, and I try and exercise a little bit more, which helps a lot too. But I, 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 think, I think the stigmas always came about, like, well, you don't really talk about your problems openly, And, like, that's how I grew up with my family, is, like, you don't talk about your problems openly, you don't air your dirty laundry sort of thing. But I think after Brendan died a couple of years ago, yeah, that sort of woke me up to, like, you know what, like, there's some serious fucking issues we have to deal with in this industry.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've lost... So many, yep. so many names, bit like big names yep. like like Bourdain, and and, yep. and more familiar, uh, familiar names, yep. uh, local names like Brennan. And I mean, when we started discussing Mind the Bar, I I had no misgivings that, that we'd probably lose more people along the way, and we continue to. It's it's just the hope that you know what we're starting to see, and and I think that Mind the Bar. I'd like to believe is playing a small part in it, is like just check, checking Facebook today. Like I'm seeing more and more people come forward and mm-hmm. expressing their, their uh, situation with their own mental health. Like I just saw something today about someone dealing with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and just being able to say like, hey, listen, I'm just dealing with this. I just want everyone to know it's not mm-hmm. personal. It's just something I'm going through and something I experienced. And it's just to be able to have that transparency now. Just, uh, I think it takes a lot of the, the, the stress off. But when you are saying how um, people have this this uh, perception of the way things should be, and like I'm, I grew up, I, I didn't have a lot of friends in school and etc. So I was very, I'm naturally very shy and introverted. But in this industry, if you are that way, you're not going to make any money. So you kind of have to <laughs> learn. So I'm kind of a shy introvert with a shell of uh, like an extroverted, yeah. outgoing person. <laughs> But you know, you you are a persona behind the bar that mm-hmm. you kind of learn and, and hone and, uh, th- through peers and tutelage. But then the minute your shift's done, a lot of, like a lot of the people are just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like you get to take that face yeah. off, and
0: but you become a character of yourself, right? Yeah.
1: And what was really interesting for me was when I put up that post uh, on Facebook about my own mental illness. Um, my my parents aren't on social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad called me the next day and said, "Hey, you know, just want to see how you're doing." And he, I was very open and honest with him uh, in the previous year about when I really wasn't doing well, and he did everything he could as a, as a loving father to make sure that I was that I was okay. But he says, "You know, I've had some, I've had some." friends of the family basically reach out saying that you've put something on social media and they feel that it could jeopardize, if not destroy your career and your reputation within the industry. Jesus. And, it, and, 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 and I understood where it was coming from because it's that old mentality, mm-hmm. right? It's that old guard where it's like, like you say, it's yeah. like, especially the men, like you, you don't talk about yeah. this stuff. Like you, just, you bury it away in a chest somewhere and you never let it out. And if it comes up again, you put that in the chest yeah. as well. And I, I, might have paraphrased but I read out to my dad what I had, what I'd written and I said what do you think and he says I think that that's exactly what you experienced I said yeah and I said the very fact that there's people out there that think that I shouldn't be talking about this is all the more reason why I feel like we need to talk about it yeah I checked with my business partner before I posted it just to say like you know this yeah. is coming from me this is not coming from our companies uh, but she's been incredibly supportive of it the, the whole perfect. way she's the one that actually really pushed me to do to create Mind the Bar
0: wow yeah, and then the thing is, like, I find that every single time that I put, Like, when I posted the um, the event we're doing... Well, when this podcast goes up, it'll be in, like, five days. but right. A couple of weeks. <laughs> on, on April 3rd, yeah. Um, um, but uh, when I posted that, one of my kids at work reached out, like, commented on it. I'm like, dude, like, how have you not told me about this? Yeah. We've talked about this. How have you not told me this is how you're feeling? And he's like, well, oh, this is so me and my right hand... <laughs> took him down for coffee. We sat down like, okay, tell, talk us through like, what's what the hell is going on. Yeah. And it shocked me, the fact that I worked so closely with him, that he wasn't like open enough to tell tell me about that. It was like, he posted on Facebook. And I find that every time I post something, the first time I posted something about mental health, um, someone in the industry in Vancouver messaged me personally. It was like, I think you share too much. I think you share too much. And it's going to tell the young kids like too much. And like, give them the wrong impression about the industry and I was like I felt bad about like reading that and I was like you know what no you know what I've gone through a whole track, load of stuff and if the kids today like see that and see that someone who is like looks like he has everything right is feeling that way then them feeling that way is not so bad
1: well I think that we're I mean the industry is already struggling and suffering right now with employment employment yeah like we're just not able to find the staff and especially in backup house mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes down to the the old the old guard the old mentality of like you know you're gonna take shit and mm-hmm. and have to eat it and smile about it and the younger generations are going like this is ridiculous like, I don't want to I don't want to do this This and is the, the most th- inefficient way to have a job ever. Right, like. and and, and the, the fact where it's like if I'm if I'm not doing so well the fact that I'm yelled at rather mm-hmm. than 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 supported is like we're just seeing more and more people turn away and. Mm-hmm. I haven't put up too many posts, but obviously mine, the bar, has kind of created something of a lightning rod, and I guess I'm attached to that. But I've been fortunate to have people within the industry in Vancouver, and we've I've had people reach out to me uh, is like Alberta, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. Ontario, uh, obviously abroad, but in Canada, it's been like, this is really important, like, can we bring Mind the Bar to some of the other provinces, wow.
0: That's awesome. uh,
1: which at this point we can't, uh, because we're a BC Societies mm-hmm. Act, yeah. uh, we can go federal, but what we really need to do, and what we're pressing on is to get things in order here, yeah. and then we can kind of have a template that can be moved to other regions. So the response has been good response has been overwhelming we uh, <laughs> we, we expected um, one of the things when we kind of came together as an unofficial board at that point and we kind of looked at our timeline we thought it was going to take us the better half of a year to not only uh, convince the industry that there was a problem mm-hmm. but that it was time to fix it and it was kind of this big big wall that we went to push against and the wall just Done. crumbled and everyone's like no no this like so many people are like yeah. this is so long overdue and that's why i don't think that i have by any means like invented the wheel or mm-hmm. discovered fire like it's it, it's been it been in the groundwork for some time it just happened to be right place right time and which is all it
0: takes yeah and so uh the, i think the big the big thing you've done in the last six months was the toner society um thing in mexico yeah and so walk us through with the toner, so well, what. The Altostrona thing is
1: well. I mean, I can I can definitely say it was the best and almost I don't want to say worst thing for us, but it's because we we weren't totally prepared for it to catapult us as far forward yeah. as it had, yeah. and we actually had to kind of once it, we landed and we were just like so excited, yeah. we just like we're not ready yeah. to be this far forward, so we've had to kind of regress and get things in order. But um, Alex Alex Black. Um, uh, who was one of the, the founding members, uh, one of the founding directors, had approached me early, early on and said, You know, Pernod Ricard and Altos Tequila are doing this uh, event down in Mexico uh, called The Collective Spirit mm-hmm. that uh, the Tijuana Society was putting on. Last year, Calcianian um, mm-hmm. won for a Trash Tiki. Um, but this year, they had decided to. Um, Remove the cocktail element. Mm-hmm. And so they basically were looking for 12 uh, competitors internationally, uh, one from representing different countries um, on platforms that benefited the industry. So whether that was uh, gray water reuse or organics or mm-hmm. recycling, that kind of thing. And uh, Alex was just like, I, I really want to put behind the bar for it. And he had our support. So it's like, great. He ran with it. Um, we, we got through the Canadian section of it, I guess, very easily. Uh, there was uh, a lot of people involved within the industry that were basically just like, you you guys are the, the Canadian nice. represent- representation. Which in itself is kind of a huge yeah. win and a compliment, regardless of what happened in Mexico. And um, Alex and uh, Mackenzie Chilton, uh, who's one of our directors as well, um, went down to represent uh, Mind the Bar because if it's one thing that I'm not good at is being in uh, in front of the mm-hmm. camera and public uh, spheres so I have like, good people that do good PR. it's like that. Yes, yeah. yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And um, so it was a competition over several days and uh, the end result was that there really was two winners and, and kind of one winner in the fact that... Um, uh, we somewhat shared the win with the team from, from Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Team USA, because they were doing an almost identical mental health platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I think one of the reasons we may have won that the judges have said is because we were f- further along in, in, in our organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the fact that mental health awareness was the one-two, or tied yeah. for first, yeah. however you want to put it, uh, in this competition, I think uh, spoke volumes internationally as to mm-hmm. where, and, and Me- Mexico is not a very forward mental mm-hmm. health uh, yep. country. Uh, within the industry, they are very yeah. quietly, but uh, in the greater scheme of things, not so much. Um, but it was just it was it was a huge compliment that that we are excuse me on the right track mm-hmm. so it was a huge win um i i didn't actually see it the, the i couldn't get the stream the, the live stream working yeah. and uh, uh christina calls me and she's like in just all, like crying she's like we did it we did it i was like I don't, what is she talking? Are we talking about business like, yeah. I, I was like <laughs> no you idiot mind the bar one so yeah with that uh we're still working out the the legal logistics mm-hmm. uh which yeah, is i'm a lot of people have wondered where that big check went. It hasn't been cashed, unfortunately. It's just in
0: Alex Black's bedroom, right?
1: <laughs> I think they. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, they they lost it somewhere in Mexico, which doesn't totally surprise me. Um, but uh, it, because it was it was such a huge win that Pernod Ricard and Altos mm-hmm. they've never done anything like this before, so. Like their their marketing and legal team is trying to kind of figure it out just as quickly as, like, okay, yeah. how does this all work? But, uh, you know, it came with a $50,000 US check, which is great on the conversion rate right yeah. now. Uh, they want to support and help us uh, throughout the year, if not in, indefinitely. So, um,
0: and Perno is a nice little partner to have.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice
0: little back pocket, sort of pull out and align with events and stuff. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the big thing for us, though, is that. Like, I mean, it's it's phenomenal to have these big name, such a big name, with us. Um, but what we really want to make sure is that like no one's being left out. Mm-hmm. Like if there is like uh, with the thing happening on April third is mm-hmm. the launch of our collaboration with with Russell Brewing. Yeah. Uh, so it's a Surrey, BC based company. Um, it's a good beer, and it's I got, good,
0: I got to fall back in my in my fridge it's, like it's right a, now. It's
1: it's I I got to admit that actually once we were uh, once they released it, I should say. I, I barely drink anything else yeah. because it, I, I still want to be social. I still want to mm-hmm. go out and, and be able to, to, to yeah. hang out with my peers. But it was those few drinks that really, I mean, it, it slowed me down. And definitely the next day, I was a lot slower. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have a beer or two. Um, but uh, Doug Emery was one of their reps and Jimmy Darbyshire was their marketing. Uh, came forward very early on. They said, "We really want to do something with you guys." Oh wow! And so, oh, so we, they
0: they came to you. They came to
1: us. Oh wow! They knew what we what they knew about the foundation. Yeah. And, they, and but uh, we had one of our platforms, or one of the things we had discussed, was doing uh, uh, low or supporting low and, and zero proof mm-hmm. uh, beverages within mm-hmm. the community, and that's not just pop. Or yeah. Shirley Temples, like quality yeah. ingredients, and that like people will pay. I'll, I'll pay ten plus dollars for a zero proof delicious I mean, you cocktail. You can socialize
0: and yeah, I, mean, I, I have a thing with socialization because uh, I did world class last year, and uh, my my me cocktail was a cocktail called the Perception and the Truth, and it was about like I we had a, a little get together with all the world class guys and it was in a big room and I don't like give me three feet of wood between me. Right. I am king of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you put me in a group where there's nothing in between to like buffer, I'm I and I had a panic attack. And I had to leave and walk downstairs and get fresh air. Yeah. And Jongakuru who I've known for like twenty years, um, was like bar backing. Right. And then I had uh, Grand Sini, Jeff Bell I think it was Kate Stewart as the judges, and I was telling people how I can't handle social situations, and it's very hard for me. I just psych myself up to be in a social situations, regardless of drinks involved or not. And uh, at the end of it, they just come up to me and it's like, "Is that really how you feel?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'll, like it wasn't like a sugarcoat. Like I had a panic <laughs> attack last night. Like I was just in the room and I had to leave the situation because I don't like socializing in that way. <laughs> But I agree, like, you, you you get in this habit if you have those sort of anxieties that you go, okay, well, I'm going to have a couple of shots of bourbon, a couple of shots of fernand, right. have a couple of beers, and I'm going to be good.
1: Yeah, Like, it's
0: I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be king of the world then.
1: It really is amazing how many people within the hospitality industry suffer from social anxieties. Like, it, it you just, you don't realize the number of people out there. But. I think deep down inside were all the geeks in school that didn't have right, any friends. friends. And friends. they were like, you know
0: what? I become a bartender. That was a hundred percent me. Awesome. That was me yeah. too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Got the friends I never had. Yeah. Got the family, like all well, the familial kind yeah. of like hangout group that I never had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think <laughs> I think most of us are like that. But none of us
0: want to admit that. Right. I think everybody put threw up a, th- a throwback Thursday to like their high school picture. Like I came to Canada. Mm-hmm. I was six foot five and one hundred and sixty pounds with a four inch tall faux walk front to back <laughs> like leaving high school was the same thing it was like just a hardcore like not many friends work family family business that sort of thing Yeah, and think we all get into the bartending business for different reasons but I think that if you do the survey of like all the people who've been doing it for 20 years the number one reason is like I wanted to make friends <laughs> or meet
1: girls or, or easy way to make money to pay yeah. for post secondary. Yeah, but <laughs> well, that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, which is well, I'm in exactly
0: post secondary now. Right, I'm in school <laughs> now. Which I have no idea why I thought when I was coming up forty that I would do that.
1: I got. I, I left from Vancouver to go to Montreal to pull my head out of my ass, um, and went to university there, and eventually came back, but did several years of university, changing my degrees, yeah. but going. Working in restaurant from dishwasher, I've worked mm-hmm. every position there is, but dishwasher was my first job all the way up. I think it's most most of the old guard's yeah. first job is like, hey, here's your here's your apron, get yeah. in the pit. But uh, the the funny thing was is that it was the industry working in the industry that I enjoyed doing more than any of yeah. the other things that I was pursuing, and ultimately led me to open my own restaurant. So so let's
0: go. Which which you opened Gringo first?
1: Yeah, Gringo's now five years old. Wow. Yeah, in restaurant years, that's like 100. That really is.
0: <laughs> that's like you've been around forever.
1: Yeah, and and, and, and making money, which is yeah. even and more Dixie's rare. Dixie's is about two years old? Dixie's is three this past oh, month. Oh, so, it's fine. Yeah, and we've got a Gringo and Squamish in the works, oh, wow. and then we're looking at North Van, New West. Uh, hopefully, we'd love to get over the island. That'd be great. That's, that's the plan. If you, to get that
0: if you go up on Fort... Fort and uh, Blanchard, you can sit and see El Tacos, and La Takisa,
1: yeah. all from one doorway. Well, it seems like we're we're all kind of in this, we're all together wherever we go. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody opens up at the exact same time. Yeah.
0: Um, I think there's a actually I think um, uh, Virtuous Pie is opening up just in here. Okay. Yeah, literally just up the doorway here. So Virtuous Pie is moving to Vancouver, Victoria, Victoria as well.
1: I love the island. I've been. I was born and raised in Vancouver, but I, I, my brother, one of my brothers lives out here, and I'm looking at uh, Courtney Comox, Cumberland area.
0: Oof, that's a good growing market too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been here
0: since I was like for 13 years. So I came here for a girl. Yeah. Broke up with her about three months later. Met my it's wife three months. After. works like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> met my wife three months after that, and then been with her. Oh, geez I think we're on. Fifteen years now.
1: Congratulations.
0: Fifteen years, thirteen, or especially in this industry.
1: Yeah, and most people like patient enough to put up with you and wait for you to come home.
0: And most people can't do an eight-hour shift with me, let alone for fifteen years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, what's the plans for Mind the Bar in the in the future? Obviously, like coming up quickly. If you're listening, April third, the Churchill,
1: we're doing a beer launch. Well, yeah. So Russell, it's Russell beer. It's Russell Brewing's beer. It's our we're associated with it. So. The way that it basically works is that they approached us, they wanted to they wanted to collaborate with us. Our board stipulated some fairly simplistic rules. It had to be low proof. It had to be fairly inexpensive because nobody wants to have a twenty dollar can of beer. Yep. Uh, and it had to be crushable, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and they went to work on it, and I think what they put forward is phenomenal. I mean, think uh, we're, we're 10 bucks a four pack. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the ABV is three, three and a half, yep. You know, and, and one thing we so one thing we were really hoping for in a lot of other breweries, especially here in Victoria, mm-hmm. especially, uh, a lot of other people have asked if they could participate, and we'd, we'd love. Twenty breweries <laughs> yeah. to, to do low yeah. proof and and zero proof uh, options because just to be able to have those in the places you go would be huge. Um. So uh, the the way that the donations work is that uh, fifty cents from every four pack and fifteen dollars from every keg sold on their behalf oh, it's on tap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it comes straight straight back to the the foundation. So I I couldn't. I know that they are north of 200 locations across BC and Alberta, and I should add that because we're a BC Society's act, and we're not set up in Alberta, but we're selling that beer. We're actually any of the money that's co- being raised in Alberta is being brought through the foundation and then put back out to the Canadian Mental Health Associations in Edmonton and Calgary, uh, just because if they're kind enough to donate to mental health, and I feel we felt like it should go. 100%. back to that to that province um, but yeah I, I think they're, they're yeah north of 200 locations I know that when they when they we first when they first did up the first batch it was five pallets and it sold out in under two days
0: mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's been popular And I've looked at a couple of liquor stores that are and there's always a big stand and yeah. the whole shebang which I I've been so happy to see um, and no, now knowing it was on Kg okay, if you've ever met uh, you probably haven't met Jay the rep here. Jay's bigger than me like right.
1: he's 6'8". <laughs> I, I met him yeah. very briefly because uh, Russell Brewing actually had their staff party at oh, nice. uh, Dixie's and I yeah, had a chance to meet him. And you're he's right, he's huge. He's a And huge huge that's how man. I remember him. I was just like, okay, you're... Yeah, he's literally in my phone as yeah. Jay Hope.
0: Like, so it's good to know that it's on tap because um, I'm just about to rotate all my dark beers off tap at pay. so I'll put it
1: on tap. For it's, a, a it's such a good summer beer. Like, it's, it's like it you know it's like the Parallel 49 Rattler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, parallel, yeah, Parallel 49. They're, their their, uh tricycle yeah like it just fits in with that kind of criteria i got a
0: four pack last night i finished up some school work and i was like oh i haven't been drinking very much the most i've been drinking is like during my episodes doing bc spirit stuff right and i'm like oh i've just pounded like six liqueurs which nobody needs to pound six liqueurs all at once (laughs) um i'm doing brandy this week as well which is like eight different brandies right all order bees and stuff and i'm like i just want a quiet beer and because i'm under a lot of stress at work at school. I literally took my laptop into the and had a bath and I'm listening to what I had to listen to for school and my wife walks in and I'm sitting there with a beer, like with the the bar and she's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm listening to schoolwork. And I'm like answering questions on my laptop on the toilet. She's like I'm like, is this a new load for me? And she's like yeah so this is a video for you <laughs> and like typing away of, while i'm in the bathtub with my mind the beer <laughs> i know that's a bad visual for everybody listening everybody listening is just, like yeah, yeah. made like, me <laughs> like you do those french girls <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so
1: uh, what's next for mind that like you've only been six months you've had a huge amount of success it, it's kind of not what's next it's what's first which has been our biggest struggle because we we we've we've heard it all in the last little bit we we had we've had some people question whether or not it's uh it's a fraud like it's a scam and that we're taking all this money it's like if i give you a hint. I, I i yeah oh, i wow. In, in the general but i can understand because unfortunately there is a history of of you know people say, with the yeah. best uh, a a good intent a good intended fundraiser that uh, the money doesn't go where it should be, so I, I totally get it. One of the one of the stipulations we actually are, I, we we were fundamental. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just dedicated to having within our bylaws is that under absolutely no circumstances does any member, director, or officer ever receive a dollar for their time
0: wow uh, which doesn't like really let's be honest like BC societies in general
1: well they very really happens. a lot of a lot of um, non are they're they're tax havens they're they're mm-hmm. they're, sh- they're shells for for other larger companies and we make
0: so much money in the hospitality industry we need tax shells right exactly yeah <laughs> anyone that owns a restaurant yeah. knows just how much money just, you can make it's just a massive tax shell and anyone that, like, that doesn't
1: that knows that we don't make any money yeah. it's the dumb business never open yeah. a restaurant we're all probably clinically insane yes um but it was just—it it, because of other people abusing it, it was just so important for us to be like, okay, let's make sure that it's like... Because the, the idea, obviously, is that in, in 10 years, we want Mind the Bar to still exist. Now, all of the current... Like myself and a lot of other directors, I would assume, probably will have moved on and gone on to do other things, but that, that can't change. Like, no one can collect a dollar. So every single hour, and I mean there are tens of thousands of hours probably at this point, well, maybe not that much, but there's a lot thousands upon thousands of hours between the directors and members that have poured into it and no one's got a dollar for their time. Everyone does it out of the goodness of their heart. At the end of each year we all are also uh, making a point of posting our... Um, annual finances right on our on our website so anyone can go in and look at it there's full transparency behind it it's something that's been so important to us because what we really what I really want people to see is that like if you donate even a dollar Mm -hmm. that dollar is going towards the betterment Uh, it's not (laughs) it's not going towards uh, you know I I my companies uh, pay me. Maybe not well, but they pay me. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I couldn't, and and n- none of the other directors, we couldn't, in the, with any sort of moral compass, know that if we were even taking twenty bucks and putting it in our pocket mm-hmm. for our time, that could be going to that person, that colleague, that staff mm-hmm. member that needs help, yeah. wants to talk to someone. That's where the money should be going. So really, we're mind the bar is now is um, we're, we're still we're still st- kind of getting our ducks in a row the, the, our priorities are uh, officially launching the website uh, there is a phenomenal amount of work going into that website as far as uh, like when you if you we, we have some uh, we have some directors Mackenzie and Jana and Brandy and, and, and people that have Indirectly affiliated themselves to the Canadian Mental Health Association, that have this incredible wealth of mental health knowledge, but it's all clinical, mm-hmm. and for your, like I'm not, I'm not in that yeah. field, you, you're not in that field. Like, so when you read it, it's just like it just turns into garbly good. Yeah. and especially if you're an anxiety attack or depressed, like the the clinical terms don't help yeah. you. I just want to know why I'm feeling sad or what is some of the so we're making that very user friendly we're we're creating it so that you can click on things it's like oh well, I'm feeling a little depressed and, and the, the whole thing was is to create a le- like a level 1 through 10 system where it's like if you're level 10 like that's it you need to call 911 mm-hmm. and we're going to urge you to do that like mm-hmm. if someone were to contact us threatening to take their own life or something like that. We're still trying to figure out legally if we can, but, like, that's a 911 mm-hmm. button. But then there's there's the, the lower levels. Like, I just, I really, I really want to talk to someone. Like, I just, I want to seek a therapist or a counselor. And then there's just stuff where it's like, I just have some questions. Yeah. Like, am I suffering from anxiety? Mm-hmm. Like, because anxiety feels like a heart attack. Am I suffering from depression? Or is it something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, there's so many different types of depression, mm-hmm. whether it's seasonal or... Yep. you know, issues with bipolar disorder, et cetera. So websites really the big thing because that's the hub. That's where we want to have all the information uh, about the, the various pillars, whether it's addiction, anxiety, depression, or harassment, uh, workplace harassment. Uh, and then immediately there, or probably in tandem with this is uh, membership. Mm-hmm. So we've had people just banging at our doors, banging down the windows. Like we want to get involved. We want to be a part of this. Like this is so important to us. But what we're just trying to do is make sure that all the committees and policies and the the system itself is set up. Because the last thing we want is to open up the front door, have a hundred people run in, being like, "All right, let's do this," and it's like we're not ready. Yeah. And our industry doesn't loses patience on things pretty quickly. (laughs) And also, that it would make us look like you know, like we don't know what we're doing. Uh, So we've had a lot of people uh, working with us that are not officially members yet, but we know that we have all these little things set up and we're about to get the PDF form and everything ready to go. So there'll be, that'll be the, the next thing. And then, uh, thereafter is everything else we want to do, which is, uh, seminars, uh, about the various, uh, elements of mental health, uh, financial, uh, or financial, uh, support is uh, our financial. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Advice, because mm-hmm. obviously we work in an industry where a lot of stuff is cash in hand. Yeah. So we make a couple hundred bucks, and it's like oh, this is great, and you throw it in your pocket, <laughs> and you go out and you spend it all yeah. because it's fake money. As far yeah. as it seems to feel sometimes, yeah. uh, the awareness of the fact that it's it's funny that within our industry, we'll if we're feeling depressed, we'll we'll drop $150, 200 dollars on a night out getting blackout yeah. drunk, but we won't take that money and put it towards just sitting yeah. down with a, a, a just someone, a psychologist yeah. or a counselor, which is is mind-boggling and then once, it's, it's just getting over that first that first hump. Uh, onboarding venues we want to have officially uh, associated venues that in that basically they, uh, they have things like quality low and zero proof bar options uh, that the staff and the management team has been at least relatively trained mm-hmm. on, on if someone were to uh, an employee or an, if the employer is, is struggling with their own mm-hmm. mental health. We we've been lucky at PAGS because PAGS has been under for
0: forty years, and it's a family-run business from day one since so nineteen seventy nine. Um, Solomon, who's the GM now, his dad opened it with his uncle, and um, I. We've had to deal with a lot of obviously in the back of house more so in the right. in the front of house, and uh, so we, we, like we don't pay medical benefits, but Sol has always been open to like going. You're going to this therapist this right. week, and I know that he's paid for. Some serious therapy for some of the kitchen guys. Yeah. Because, like, you think in PAGs, like, there's only three people online, and we do 650 people from 11 to 11 for a 75 seat. Yeah, oh, you're white right knuckles. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. insane the whole time. And so, of course, it's that spring back. You go push, 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 push. And how do you relax? You bang it all the way back. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think in this day and age with youth, like, I shouldn't say youngsters because that's a cop out, but the fake environments of social media. Make,
1: yeah, where everything uh, looks yeah. like everything's great, yeah. You're, everyone's life is better than your own, yeah. And yeah. and
0: <laughs> I think the, it's the kids call it FOMO, um, right. And I think that's a hard thing, too, because that's we'd squeeze that down and talk to that the kid that uh works with us, and he's like, Oh, well, this, I want this in this long term, okay, like, cool, like the trips are cool like the junkets and the, yeah. the trips to Nicaragua and all that sort of stuff that's fantastic but you still got to deal with the problem that you have yeah. like that doesn't change whether you gain a trip to somewhere or a, a paid trip to type tales some of that still issues
1: are still there well I, I mean <clears throat> mind the bar is not trying to vilify drinking that was something we wanted to be very steadfast from the get going you know the, the, the terminology behind addiction at that point basically all anyone in the industry is a full blown alcoholic yeah and I think that there's a difference between is someone that actually suffers from alcoholism, mm-hmm. you know
0: Trust me, I've tried to get life insurance and the insurance
1: now so you just go right. say, So how much do you drink a week? I'm
0: like yeah. Oh shit. Lie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. lie as much as possible. there's like, been a couple of times I've gone in the car with the wife and I'm like so, what I told the insurance agent, that's what I am pretty much drinking in the night. Yeah. Like, working a busy Friday night. That's pretty much my, my intake. She's like, what?
1: Well, that's yeah. the thing, is that our, our industry does... A lot of people from, from the early onset, when I started to have the conversation of what would have become Mind the Bar, people were like, well, there's a lot of this stuff out there. And I said, well, no, there really isn't, because if there was, I wouldn't need to be thinking about this. I wouldn't need to go find it. And our industry doesn't exist within it. Um mm-hmm
0: well and I think sorry I'm just texting my wife and,
1: making sure you're not with another woman
0: <laughs> I don't have time for that but I don't want to
1: that's, that's the one thing
0: I always have to say I don't want to but I actually don't have enough time for anything um, no, I think it's a good thing too because I think there's always that polarizing aspect of like, oh, okay, well, we've got to talk about mental health. Okay. We've got to talk about no drinking at all.
1: Right. And um, that's, that's it, not it. There's, 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 are you, are, are you, it's, it's more why you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is it because you're just having fun? You're having a couple of mm-hmm. drinks? Okay. Probably no problem with that. I mean, obviously in excess, when you're beyond the limits of control, then that's when you have to start measuring it. But if you're doing it because you're coping mm-hmm. with your own mental health, or you're bearing your depression or, or your anxiety or, or, something that's happened to you like Mm -hmm. whether it's workplace harassment that kind of thing if you're bearing it with substance abuse that's where the kind of measure is and it's interesting where you're saying how you didn't your workplace doesn't have uh benefits Mm -hmm. uh last year christina and i were fortunate enough to be doing well enough in business Mm -hmm. that we could either give ourselves a a relative raise or do benefits Mm -hmm. for the for the company and if we want to retain staff. That's a big thing. So we, we have full benefits with, within our companies, which is rare in our industry, especially for oh, for, sure. for uh, like mom and pop, so to speak. Yeah. And Places. the way the way
0: Pags does is like
1: they don't pay for benefits. But if you come to us, like I need to get my tooth
0: done or I need to get my knee done, they're like, okay, cool. Well, the, the problem chair. with yeah. the
1: extended medical is that I can get a million dollars in prescription drugs a year I mean that might be exaggerating but not by much like you can pretty much medicate yourself to the point where you don't even know where you are or what your name is you can get 80% of your dental coverage but when it comes to any any additional extended medical so Mm. like acupuncture Physiotherapy um, or mental, like uh, mental health, mm-hmm. it's three hundred bucks that's, per practitioner yeah, per year. Now you can go to a couple different physiotherapists if you want to, and you can kind of spread that out. Yeah, but try to explain your problems to, let's say, in half an hour. Yeah, five tw- twelve yeah. to twelve to thirty different psychologists oh, yeah. over the period of a year. Like it's fairly redundant. So yeah. that's the problem is it doesn't work. So one element that Mind of Bar is really hoping to get to. When like, uh, when we're able to have a little bit more money, that fifty thousand dollars, we've already allocated. Like it's already yeah. gone. Yeah. Um. Just to, on basic startups, that's mm-hmm. nonprofit costs, uh, and a lot of it's come out of our our individual personal pockets or company mm-hmm. pockets already. But is to be able to offer uh, uh, financial assistance to those within the industry that recognize that they need to get help, mm-hmm. but because. I mean, the cost of living here in Victoria is not unlike the cost of living in Vancouver. I mean, we're basically all living in poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people want to get that help, but they can't afford it. And uh, more often than not, they can't see the value in going to seek uh, mental health therapy mm-hmm. until they've tried it at least once or twice. So what, we're, what our aim is, is that if someone were to approach mine in the bar saying, I really want to talk to someone, I'm, I'm dealing with depression. We actually will have a committee that deals with the mental health element. The, the help so mm-hmm. to speak uh, they kind of do I don't want to say an initial diagnosis but they kind of they, obviously some yeah. elements of addiction will be different than depression and we'll, uh, we already have a, uh, a short list of vetted mental health professionals mm-hmm. so we we'll, our intention is to be able to cover the initial costs of getting them uh, an appointment with someone that we would recommend. So, that we can just get them in the door so they can see the value in seeing someone. Mm-hmm. And then, because all of these vetted mental health professionals will operate on a sliding scale, so that like my, my psychologist, who I, I think the world of, she's been so uh, crucial in, in my own personal development, but she operates on a sliding scale. So, initially, we did it basically at her, uh, I think she was as low as 70 or $80, if I'm not mistaken. And she's, because her, her, the importance for her was just to make sure that someone was getting help. And then, as you're, if your your finances can allow, mm-hmm. then she goes up to a little bit higher, but mm-hmm. not by much. But you know, but yeah, wow, holy crap! You go to wholesale. Well, it's <laughs> mind the bar when like a, a lot of it came from uh, my my personal experiences with mental health, my experiences with the hospitality industry, the interactions I had, what I what what I mean. If you're in this industry long enough, you kind of see. Some a lot of the ways that things work, mm-hmm. and then you start to question some of the way that things work, like the FOMO you're talking about. Yeah. Like the one of the the things that we're really trying to build is the ability within the industry to like, like the the way that we get we we the older generation yeah. got ahead was. Was through networking. Yeah. And the only way to network was to be out and basically out. And and drinking and oh, drink yeah. everybody else. You, yeah, and
0: you go to every tasting, even if you have yeah. tasted that product a million yeah. times, and you're the brand ambassador. You go to every tasting,
1: every tasting, every event, every function, yeah. and I mean, you're just that was the way to do it. And what we're really hoping to encourage and do is to still to encourage that that networking and that peer-to-peer uh, development uh, and that tutelage without this like, okay, we're going to get you absolutely sloshed, so like, one of the things we talked about very early on was, you, like, name one uh, barf- like uh, bartender-focused industry event that does not involve getting absolutely hammered, and nobody could think of yeah. one like, it was just like, nope, like, there's just nothing, even like the general tasting events, like if oh, you, yeah. usually, IBS, pour, if you're IBS, industry IBS, and yeah. it's a tasting event, like, you yeah. get poured a little heavy I, I, IBSA? And... Like <laughs> <laughs> IVSA back in the day, I, there's been a number of times
0: where i have to warn my wife two weeks before I'd go. Right. So I'm like, no, it's IVSA this Tuesday. She's like, really? Yeah. Already? And it was when I was still learning about a ton of wine, so I was tasting everything. Now I'm definitely, like, more focused. But I completely agree. Like, even with the the uh, people understanding mental health and, and drinking and being attached to that and that sort of thing, it's still, like, tails and that sort of thing. still... Like, there's tons of options. Right. I'm just getting drunk by yeah. 2 o'clock. Um want, if you got up late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, me and Sol, Sol's always my Jiminy Cricket. Sol's, right. like, my <laughs> old, like, guy that comes to me, even though he's a year younger than me, but, like, every single place, like, you taste every drink, you don't have to finish every drink. Right. And so we'd go a whole, like, 10 hours. And we still wouldn't be drunk because it would just be like, taste good, awesome, put it down. Right. Taste awesome, but like, there's been a couple of times, and, I've, and there's been a couple of kids I'm sure that happened I'm with you too. It's like, oh, I'm going to Tails this year, what's your advice? Yeah. I'm like, don't worry about trying to get everything. Like, you don't need you to hit every single tasting or every single tasting. And I've had friends who I've been in the own and I'm sitting at the carousel bar having a beer and then show up and then just be annihilated at 3 o'clock I'm like there's still like 12 hours worth of parties to go yeah. to and you're
1: I'm, I need to pour you into bed like I need to just pour you into bed you're done well we also I, I, again it's it's that really fine line between like we want like the industry loves to have fun yes and and, it's, it's, and the one thing that Mind the Bar never wants to be is like that like snooty mom where it's like no you got to be in bed by seven and blah like it's just it can't exist like yeah. that so it's like we're and and we're still discovering where is the, the 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 middle ground on that and the thing that that's also really terrifying right now is that uh, I mean I'm fortunate because I was never I never participated in it but uh, it's it's very uh, uh, prevalent throughout the industry is that you have a few drinks and then all of a sudden there's some cocaine involved. Yeah. And right now, we're in the middle of an opioid crisis mm-hmm. and there is no disparity mm-hmm. in how that is affecting people. Like, it's just, we're talking about granulars of fraction of assault. salt. And we're and talking that,
0: about recreational
1: as well. Like We're exactly. talking about like habitual. We're talking about like
0: oh one time every 6 to 12 and months it doesn't when matter. it's just like, yeah, it's I, I, out with rushing roulette with that yeah, stuff. And yeah, 100% on that one. Um, man, I am mentally
1: exhausted after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> it's just it's, I mean, we're, we're what we're really excited about with Mind the Bar is—is is the fact that as, as much as we pride ourselves on being uh, prevalent in, in the industry, is that we're not the only ones. So you've got not nine to five over yeah. in Toronto. Um, I'm I'm ter- I feel awful, but I'm totally blanking on uh, on the Chicago based one that we competed against in. Uh, but you're seeing it across social media is that more and more people within the hospitality industry, well, the the, the chef, Joe, when Joe, that Joe Beef article came yeah. out. Everybody blew yeah. up about that one. I mean, when I read that, I remember seeing bad. them on, on Bourdain's show yeah. and I just remember thinking to myself, like, I remember, like, I, c- I... Like sculling, like, a quarter of a bowl of bourbon down a yeah. Barrow and that sort of thing. Like, I'd be, like, I...
0: I, I but I thought, think it, it plays back to the character of yourself. Right. Like, what, when you go out, what are people expecting from you? Right. And I, I'm working with someone on the East Coast now who is... A prevalent. I won't say what he does, but he's he's prevalent, and he h- had become for a long time a character himself. And I've been at events with him, and people are like trying to get him drunk because they want to see that character. Right? Like you can tell that he's not <coughs> wanting to do this. Like he doesn't want to be that person. He like must have a quiet night and have fun, but he doesn't
1: want to be the person that everybody assumes that he is. Yeah. You become you become an like a, you're an actor that's played yeah. a part for so long he, that he people put, want you to do that yeah. that bit. Dance, me, monkey. Yeah. Dance, dance, yeah. Mark, he, yeah. dance. Yeah. he Dance. Like um, running into Jim Carrey on the street, exactly. you're gonna be like, "Oh, I'll do that thing from Ace Ventura!" And you read some of it.
0: You, I, I, I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey. So you watch like um, the one he did, the, the behind the scenes man in the moon. Right, and you you definitely see that that sort of alignment and the, the parallels of being in the bar industry yeah. when he starts talking about becoming like uh, Andy Kaufman and you're like oh shit I feel I, I can feel this because like I feel that way on a Friday night when I go like put on put on the suit and get on behind the bar and stuff like that I can feel the, the alignment and you watch some of the Jim Carrey stuff and you can see that like yes being a comedian is great pays the bills but he's not that person at all right. and I think Robin Williams is the same as well
1: Robin Williams' passing yeah. definitely affected me because the number of comedians and Mitch Hedberg, the number of comedians that hide hide their depression behind humor. I mean, I I certainly do. I I, I definitely I, I make light of it, not in to try to to undermine mental health, but you know, sometimes that's just feels like it's the easiest like way. To, yeah, easy, perfect yeah. example. Like it's the easiest way of dealing with it, but. I mean the the other thing that I'm not lost to in, in being the, the founder and I guess the current president of Mind the Bar is that like I'm, I'm 38, yeah. I'm starting to like I'm now in, in the ownership role yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not in that space that I was in my mm-hmm. 20s when I was starting out in the industry and so it's so important to make sure for for me to make sure the foundation is still very much grounded because the man in the bar is not for yeah. my my. Me in my gender, years, yeah. uh, it's not even for that. My generation—I yeah. uh, mean, I hope it does help. I could, mm-hmm. But I, it's really—it's for the people, the the, the 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 kids that are earlier in, mm-hmm. like in their early twenties, their mid-twenties, that are in the industry, that are really in the the the, 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 thick of it. the thick of it. Yeah, where it's like the drinking, the whole culture, yeah. that FOMO, and it's it's also for the generation that haven't even. Entered in, like the mm-hmm. ones that are still in their teens that are going to enter into the industry and the, the idea of being able to have an industry that they can enter into where they can actually be open about their mm-hmm. mental health that they can have options about their drinking that all all these things so it's uh, I mean having the new members on will be yeah. will be huge and to have those like I, I, it's it's one of those things those companies that totally lose touch with their demographic mm-hmm. because they're like oh well we we're going to tell you what you need yeah. it's like no no you tell us what what is the what does the industry yeah. need. Um, I mean, I, I, when I had started, when, when Mind the Bar kind of initially formed before it kind of went public, <clears throat> I took it upon myself to, to sit my, my staff down, at both at Gringo and Dixie's, had them into a room, we were doing some staff stuff anyways, and I, I, I brought it to them just that, uh, like that I was that this was going to be happening, that I was gonna be heading it up, that mm-hmm. so as as their boss, as the owner of the company, like that I would still I would be if this would also be very important to me and that in inter- by association the companies would be. Yeah. And I just wanted to make sure that the staff were gonna be comfortable with the fact that there might be some focus on them and that mental health thing and stuff like that. And I honestly I expected almost a little bit of not even resentment, but like some hesitation, yeah. like, you know, oh, little man, snide, you, like Yeah, like oh you're right, you're trying to kill our fun. Yeah. And and I, I I wanted to make sure that they understood that it was a very open door policy yeah. and we always had. But the fact that I had started this, what was more interesting is, and I had told people I said, if you're not if like if you're really looking for that lifestyle, unfortunately our our company is really going to be reading that in. That's not going to be happening. So you, like if you find yeah. other work, I don't take it personally. Yeah. What happened instead is I had a, a few employees reach out to me personally and just say, hey, I'm actually not doing okay right now. Wow. And I really like to talk about some of the things that you were talking about that I think that I might be experiencing. And it was just like that, oh, man, okay, that this really is like, like, you know, even in every time that people post stuff, it's just for for people within our industry to see people that they look up to. And I'm not necessarily saying that people look up to me, but there are people in this industry that people respect. Mm -hmm. And for them to come forward saying, you know what, actually, I I deal with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So if someone else is dealing with it, they can be like, okay, well, at least there's a relatability. And that's the whole thing, is that mental health is just relatability. Like, it's affecting everybody. Everybody. and In one way, shape or form. Yeah, and if anybody hasn't been affected by it, uh, they're either incredibly lucky or they're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I haven't met anyone that hasn't had Unexpected. some form of it, especially uh, in our
0: industry. So, well, it's going to be a long one, but... Um, I don't mind. You can cut out a bunch. No, trust me, I don't. I actually don't do a lot of post edit because I like, like I did an interview with Robin Gray and he yeah. was talking about his addiction issues and stuff like that. I was like, and I've known Robin for like ten years and he's never told me these stories. I'm like, holy shit! And I felt the same way. Like I just get mentally exhausted listening. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's tie this off in a nice way. So what advice would you give? Um, a young bartender who's feel like might be listening right now and feeling like a little bit what advice would you give to them if they don't feel like they can go to anybody and talk to them?
1: Uh, well, I mean if, if, it wouldn't even be a bartender, it would be anyone in the industry mm-hmm. but something that Mind the Bar really is focused on is that as much as we've been getting a lot of attention front of house yeah. through Tahona with bartenders is that it is very much for everyone for in everybody. the industry front of house, back of house um, and if, if for whatever reason you know the the first person that they go to they doesn't feel comfortable talking about it or they don't feel comfortable talking to them uh there there's so many uh, options out there i mean if more often than not I think that a lot of people are seeing their peers and their friends speak about it on social media. Uh, but at the very like at the very least there's mind the bar. Like, we, we have a website www.mindthebar.com. We're on social media, we have a Facebook page and we, we have had we've had several people reach out to us through mind the Bar. Uh, exp- expressing that they're not doing very well, or they're struggling with something, and we like we won't turn anyone away. Obviously, mm. the idea is that we'll be better Being situated and everything. Uh, to be able to get the help that they need. But we have people already able to assist that with. But it, I mean, from my own personal story, for anyone that might be listening, uh, for everyone listening, I should say, <laughs> anybody, anybody listens to my podcast, yeah. so, like anybody, anybody out there that's listening, showing <laughs> alone. Um, <laughs> is that um, when when I knew that I needed help, I I, I like I, I was I was okay, but yeah. I, I needed to get the help that I that I needed, and so I went online and started just look for for help. And so I just typed in, I think, mental health Mm -hmm. uh, contact or something like that. And the first two numbers I called were suicide hotlines, unbeknownst to me, because that's not how they were listed. And, you know, I I was like, well, no, are you suicidal? No, I, I had an episode in which it kind of was in the back of my mind, but I'm not. And basically what it was was a situation where they said, well, if you're not currently in a state of suicide or considering contemplating suicide, we really can't help you because they didn't want to tie up the lines. Now, yeah. I've had a couple of people within those hotlines say that that was absolutely the wrong thing to do and that shouldn't happen, but that was my personal yeah. experience. <clears throat> and I don't take any harm from it. They recommended that I basically call like a VG, like VGH or whatever. And then what I did was I, like it, it, I looked up for... I didn't know the difference between a counselor, a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist... Mm-hmm. Like, and there are huge disparities uh, between the, the level of professionalism, or I should say education, um, and cost. <laughs> and so I I just like, they have all those little na- uh, mm-hmm. letters beside yeah. their names that mean absolutely nothing to the, most of us. And I just I emailed twenty of them randomly. Just hey, so this is kind of what's happening. I'm not doing very well. I kind of thought about suicide, but I don't want to. And I'm just I'm just looking for help. I'm just looking for someone to talk to. Eighteen of the and I, I did include the fact that uh, I was financially not restricted, but a little bit hindered. Like I just had to take that into yeah. consideration. And eighteen of the twenty uh, pro- mental health professionals basically wrote me back saying, well, if you can't pay me, then I can't help you. And uh, best thing for you to do is is uh, like go to the hospital, and yeah. which is exactly a worst case scenario. Yeah. I mean, if you if you are in a nine one one situation, yes, go to the hospital. Yeah. Like if, if you've got a friend that's that's in that state, just grab them and take them to the hospital because there are um, principal uh, practices in place to make sure the safeguards. But that's exactly not the answer that I wanted. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, and it, 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 and I had I been in a worse state, that might have been enough to tip me over the yeah. edge. Like, where basically I was looking for help and everyone's like, well, you can't afford me or I can't yeah. help you or that kind of thing. Like, re-
0: Reinforces that no one cares. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, fortunately, someone recommended uh, the psychologist that I have now to me and I reached out to her and she was, was phenomenal and she has been phenomenal. Uh, the way that she dealt with it was was terrific and I, I later, she's actually on the um, um, BC, BC, Sec- uh, Psychologist mm-hmm. Association okay. panel. I can't really remember what it's called, but she's actually on that panel, and I told her what my experience was with those emails, and she was mortified. I mean, there's been huge government cutbacks mm-hmm. in the mental health field um, that's, like, it's really inexcusable. Um, I mean, you see it in the DTS in, in yeah. Vancouver. Um, but it's just that thing where it's just like... it it was what Mind the Bar hopes to do is be able to change the fact that mm-hmm. you can you will be able to get the help you need much faster and without mm-hmm. that sense of rejection so
0: I mean, yeah. that's a good tie off mm-hmm. I really appreciate um, you coming over and having a chat
1: and uh, it well, it's literally gone from sun to hail to pouring rain, rain in the car I don't know no how long i I've did been text my several days say, come
0: meet me at the Drake I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's like mm, probably not um, but I really appreciate sitting down the <coughs> oh that's uh,
1: that's great. I have a whole bunch of brandies in my bag right now. <laughs> now you have a whole bunch of broken glass yeah, and brandy exactly. in the bottom yeah, of your bag. Awesome. Um, but I really appreciate sitting down with you. Uh, I appreciate your support and everything
0: you've done for us. I'm Thank you. So you. So I, like, I'm, so. I'm always up to plugging it. Uh, I'm going to do a little post edit. Hey, post shift, and this is the post edit I was talking about. Um, come on down to Churchill on April third uh, for the Russell's Beer Mind the Bar Collaborative. Um, we're going to do a little tasting, talk about mental health. Um, It's a day that I really want to start bringing transparency to the industry. Um, So it's an open door policy to chat about anything you need to chat about. Um, In the meantime, subscribe, rate, share, do everything you can possibly do for this podcast. Get it out there so more people can hear about it and be more open with their mental health issues in this industry. In the meantime, have a good week. Uh, Enjoy your shift.